also Cleveland, Ohio can be a very like dangerous place where there are a lot of good souls and a lot of great potential that falls victim to like the darkness that is that is in Cleveland, Ohio. And the big thing was just moving, relocating or like whatever you have to do to rehabilitate yourself. A lot of times that also means like putting yourself in a new place so you don't fall victim to old things or so like you don't get caught in a constant cycle. You kind of do need some extra help. And so it's whenever somebody does reach out or is resourceful, it, it's even more of like gracious. And because we have the desire to want to do better or we do have certain plans, it's just all we need is just a small little like favor from someone or all we need is just like one or two resources to really just get ourselves going go in and do an opportunity, even if you don't feel like you're the most prepared for it. Like you can learn along the way, you can make the necessary mistakes, but like quickly learn from those and quickly like figure out what to do right, you know? Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. Before we get started, I, I just want to say something to you that are listening, watching, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that our paths crossed and that you're here listening to this show, that you want to create, you know, something beautiful in your life, uh, you know, and have committed to do so. And, and not only for yourself, but also for uh, the greater good and and uh, for the world to be a more beautiful place. I, I truly believe in abundance and I do believe that we can achieve our dreams and without, you know, hurting somebody else, uh, it, it could be a very beautiful experience. This, this thing called life, uh, it does have its struggles. We, we, we do have to go through uh, some storms and we, we need to learn to dance in the rain sometimes as well. It's part of the journey. I, I study success. I think the mind is such a beautiful space if we learn how to love it and control it. And, and, and that's why we're here today. And, and before we get started, I also want to thank uh, Remarkable. I'm, I'm a big fan of writing down my dreams and goals. And I always put pen to paper. And never really like typing it on my phone or on the computer. I always start on pen to paper. And now uh, with the Remarkable 2, it, it's pretty awesome because it feels like writing on paper, but it's actually uh, stored in the cloud, stored on your, you know, Remarkable. And it's super cool. Uh, what I also like with the Remarkable is, is that I can just send cool articles from my computer and read them without any colors, without any, you know, advertising and just read it, make my notes directly and just save it in the cloud. So it's almost kind of going back in time, but moving forward, slowing things down and, and just enjoy uh, the word and the pen to paper. So thank you, Remarkable. If you're interested, check out Remarkable too. Uh, really enjoy that. That being said, uh, now I want to welcome this week's guest. Shout out to Adam Weber with CallCast. I listened to a show with today's guest about, I think it's a month ago, and I just called Adam and say, I got to have this guy on my show. And uh, I just connected with him. His name is Brian Stewart. And he's 
he's a cool guy. He's a teacher. He's a humanitarian. He loves sports. I think we, we love the same hockey team Sir. <laughs> as well. Anaheim Mighty Ducks. And he's also a recording artist, but, but much more than that, he, he has been, uh, he's searching for his meaning in his life. And he, I want to hear more about him because he is, he is adopted about 10 years ago. He realized that he, he might get something called Huntington's disease. And we're going to talk more about that as well. And, uh, you know, L Brian, like anybody else has things that define him and things that don't define him. And I want to focus this session on, you know, just speaking about the beautiful things that he has created in his life and his mindset. So without further ado, Welcome, Brian Stewart, to the I Love Success podcast. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Hey, all the applause. Bro. All the applause. Yeah, yeah hey. come on, guys. <laughs> you know, Brian, thank you for being here, man. Thank you for having me, Peter. I appreciate that. Uh, shout out to everybody who's watching as well. Happy New Year. Is this your first time seeing me this year? So happy New Year. We're going to bounce back. Can we just talk about, you know, I, I want to go deep. I want to talk hot, heart to heart and... I'm just curious, like when when did you know you were adopted? And, and can you just talk about that moment and if it what type of experience that was for you? Yeah, so I say with every uh like with every story, there's always like a buildup and then sort of a climax in a way. Um, but whenever things happen for me, um the climax usually always explains a bit of the buildup. So I did in fact find out of like about 10 years ago literally weekend after Thanksgiving or week after Thanksgiving, uh, found out. And wow. So you were pretty, you were like 17 at that time. Yeah. 17. And we're talking like, if just wow. for some quick context, this is kind of November 17, think senior year high school POV. And it's a week before your college applications are due. Like you're trying to study SATs, ACTs. If you're an athlete, you're like trying to get things ready for, uh, for film, game tape, for schools and stuff like that. You're doing visits, you're trying to decide on places. And that happened like smack dab in the middle of that point. Also think it's high school. So you got love triangles going on. You got like friend groups just rotating out the wazoo. And then, yeah, that's just like encompassed all in that. So it was, yeah, interesting time. I mean, I want to talk uh, more about uh, positivity and love and, and success in a little bit. First, I just want to address two things that I think the listeners really want to hear. It's, first off, you mentioned you were homeless. Can you just talk about how, how did that happen? And uh, like, what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, so how it happened is, a. I mean, eventually, uh, I would say there's a big falling out between myself and my parents at home and it wasn't it's and it wasn't a thing of like oh like this person did this this person did that it's just like there's two conflicting philosophies and there's me who like actually wants to kind of go out into the world venture out do my own thing and then parents who are more so like yeah you've been going through a lot of stuff and we're a little bit afraid but at the same time we feel like we can't really stop you and so that just led to a certain point. We just like said, fine, you do what you do. Good luck getting to New York, as uh, my father told me. And at the time, my, most of like my friends are 
18 years old or younger. So they don't really have like, can provide, you know, like, hey, bro, yeah, come stay with me for like a few weeks or something or a few days. I did have a couple friends who let me like spend the night and spent a couple nights. Uh, also a friend who, who did let me come over in the daytime, you know, just to kick it throughout the day, even though I couldn't stay at night. And so what led me to like, pretty much if you don't have a home to go to or you don't have your own home, you are homeless, you know, even if you're couch surfing, even if you're like just kicking it on someone's porch, even if they share their bed, you are homeless. And then those nights I didn't have a place to go. It was, I was either sleeping on the beach, you know, sleeping on that park bench, uh, sleeping in those homeless shelters. But what happened was also even getting out of sort of just the kind of top, like there was a toxicness building up back home, just having that kind of away from me, just, took a little bit off my shoulders, like constantly having people tell you a lot of negative things or put you down or don't try to like encourage you, you know, or don't feed you positivity. It's like, when all that's gone, it's like, oof, I'm a little bit more calm now. And also what helped too is uh, the times I would stay in a homeless shelter, they had a very like strict regimen as far as like, hey, if you want to get a bed here, bro, you got to be, be here by 6 p.m. You know, if you if you're going to be here, you need to be sober while you're here. Uh, we will feed you while you're here. So there were certain things I didn't really have to like think about sometimes where it's like, oh, dang, where where am I going to eat today? It's like, oh, yeah, you're good. Was that scary? Yeah, because for certain days it was like, yeah, I would collect some change, you know. Yeah, maybe you find like 25 cents on the ground. Maybe you get like a fudge brownie. But other times it's like I, I didn't have a working phone, right? Um, I had a wallet on me, but, you know, after a while, $3.77 only lasts you so long. And so when you have to like, I was also walking everywhere too. Because of all the things that happened, there were a couple of times where I had even been like arrested and stuff and I had to find ways. And it was just also, I had to do everything on my own as well too. But when you can't even find your own home, trying to get to a counseling session or community service is like, like very much, uh, is very much like can be overwhelming, can be a bit taxing. And so what also happened because of that is, uh, is eventually, you know, I had to go to court for like those charges and stuff, but everything kind of got nixed away. And also I just got a lot more peace of mind from certain things where it was like, yeah, I could get to this therapy session, but like there's a certain time where the therapist is like, Hey man, if you, if you can't get out here, like I, I actually understand if today you just didn't come to this session after telling me what you told me, I understand. So sometimes there was a little bit more like from some people, there was actually that just small courteousness of like, Hey, I understand you're going through some things. Um, I'm gonna like dial back a bit or I'm gonna be a little bit more sensitive. Uh, I had a friend's parents who like, they were like, no, you can't spend the night here, but I understand. So you're not out in the street doing nothing crazy. You can come over here in the daytime. You're a friend of the family. Um, the kids love you, respect you, or like her kids, you know, loved and respected me enough. Like I didn't put him through anything, put him in any harm or anything. So she's like, yeah, definitely come over and do your thing. So you also like, I would say during that time, I, I learned that I could kind of be a little bit independent, depend on myself, but also like um, always trying to have, always trying to make sure you at least like meet certain needs throughout the day too as well. Um, even if everything is like kind of crashing and burning, at a certain point, you're going to hit like a rock bottom. But then at that rock bottom, 
what you have to kind of do for yourself, just like to just slowly pick yourself back up becomes like very small too. And then once you knock those things out, you get a little bit of like calmness as well. And, and sometimes the disconnect from the world or the disconnect from a lot of other things is kind of okay too. So the fact that I didn't have a phone um, also meant like I wasn't on like social media all day arguing and bickering with people or trying to call people up all the time. It was just like, I kind of just have to let some things happen, you know? Um, also I had, just cause you know, when you're homeless, it's just you throughout the day. I had more time to work on like my manuscript for, for the book I was creating. And, and a lot of times in those like rock bottom situations that like one project you have or that one like ability or talent always will stick with you or be there, you know? And, and that was it for me where a lot of times I had so much time to just work on this book, so much time to just actually write some stuff out, ponder some stuff out, put some things in order. And so much time to actually think about what I want to do with like these visions or like also, um, I had a therapist at the time who was a really, really, really um, supportive person who as well was like, listen, I know this stuff happened to you, but I'm going to make sure that you are able to follow through in your commitment to go to New York City and to go to school. So I'm going to just try and help you out with that sort of planning there as well, too. And so she was um, really instrumental on making sure that, like, I didn't just fall off a cliff um, that whole time or that whole time that um, things were kind of spiraling downhill. She was like, my therapist through and through she had to witness all of that she had to be there for a lot of that she had to go visit me in the hospital you know when um there were times of like relapses and stuff and she had to be the one who would go to court as well too and sit in the courtroom too and and oftentimes pick me up from like a community service or another counseling session so she said like you you've been going through a lot and whatever we can do to get you just out to get that fresh start, that's fine. And so um, also I learned that I can make it through rock bottom and also to anybody else that's listening to when you, cause this, cause that was probably the first of a couple of like rock bottom moments, quote unquote, that I feel like I would have in my life. And so just being able to make it through is one thing. And even just day by day, making it through is, and not also knowing that I built up really healthy habits. So growing up, I was an athlete. And so while I was just out throughout the day, I was always making sure, you know what, I'm gonna stay fit, doing push-ups throughout the day, whether it was just like in a bathroom somewhere on a park bench or like right beside a bench. I was always like doing some push-ups or some sit-ups somewhere. Uh, when I was, it's funny enough at the home, at the homeless shelter, there's guys like, I'm gonna tell you one thing about this dude, man. He makes sure he get it in every night. I see, you, bro. You doing you doing the push-ups every night, and then all of a sudden, you just see a couple more heads. You know, uh, the few like few few nights go on, you see a couple more heads. You know, on the ground doing some sit-ups, making sure they get their stretches in. Maybe doing a little a little sparring on the side, something like that. So like, um, I also notice that sort of effect too. Like a lot of times that, um, it's that also I can fit into it a lot of different environments. There was, uh, when I was in the homeless shelter specifically, I was 18. Everyone else in there was probably over the age of 35. Um, and a lot of other people there had like criminal records, right? Or had just got out. And so this was sort of like, maybe like a halfway house for them, or halfway home. There were guys who were my father's age in there, you know? And so you, I also saw that perspective of just what 
it looks like to be an older man kind of going through these same things as well too. And so seeing like their perspectives was very perplexing because also I would look around the room and I'd be like, dang, we're one maybe bad turn from like, or you guys are like one, one move from being in here. There were a lot of guys who were in that shelter because they got in an argument with their wives and had nowhere else to go, you know, uh, or something had happened maybe with um, drugs or some, another family member. And so they had to be there, you know, instead of like sleeping in their own home or sleeping in their own bed or like being able to go to their own job. So there was a lot of people who's, and there was one guy who was a psychiatrist and all of a sudden he got laid off from his job, fell into like really bad depressions and just like ended up there as well. And not, and I'm like, wow, this is like, there's a lot of like, sometimes you, I don't mean this in a negative way either. Sometimes you really can't like stop the tidal wave of some things happening. Like sometimes like as much as we try to maybe make things better or as maybe we try to fight through some adversity, a lot of times like things just start getting stripped from us. And maybe there are things that like, it's not that it's not necessarily like things that you care about, but maybe there is like a renewal process happening, a transition happening. And, and when that happens, there is like a lot of loss. There is like a lot of blood shed and purged. When you have surgery, there, you bleed a lot. You know, it. there is a recovery process that has to happen because there was a lot of damage that happened that had to be repaired. And so it isn't necessarily a pretty thing, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who go through it too as well. And and being able to also understand those situations as well, too, is very, very key because a lot of times they also need you as well. Or you might be in the same room with them or you might be like sitting at next to them at a table and they might need to get something off their chest. Right. Or they might need a, like a shoulder to kind of prop up just as you do, you know, and in those moments, there's a lot of people who are hitting rock bottom. But the least we can do is like reach our hand off be kind, like dust someone off as they do that. And so there was also a lot of that happening in that shelter as well too. Excuse me. And um, also, you know, shout out to all the churches and old ladies that would come down and volunteer to to make food and, and meals. Sometimes, you know, they give out seconds and thirds and things like that. Uh, and also there was a, a program too at this specific homeless shelter that had like a sort of a rehabilitation into the workforce kind of program where it would be a a long-term stay for a lot of guys. It would be, I think like a six month program, three to six months. And then the goal would also be to get out, also come out with like uh, train, like job training certain for certain positions. And so you didn't have to go back into that shelter as well too. So there are a lot of guys who took that on as well while I was there. And so even seeing what that process looks like was, was also like, wow. Wow. And I, and I also, it helped take a lot of pressure off me. Cause I'm like, you know, you're going through this at 18, but like, imagine if you're 45 with like children in a home and, and like, you're sort of a leader of your family, supposedly things could look a lot different, you know, or, you know, there were also people in there who were, if you lived in a city before you, you know, you've run into homeless people before. So you, so I like you, I ran into people who, you know, were sometimes things weren't necessarily all the way coherent or right, but like you kind of understand why that is or like what maybe some things happened or transpired in the past that like 
led to those situations, you know, or led to that like type of mindset. So I, I would develop a really, really, really big like understanding of people. And, and so even whenever people come to me about things they're struggling with, or nowadays, like things that people struggle with, or things that maybe they find disappointment in, or they feel like they're falling off a cliff, I kind of understand that a lot better. You know, like, just being in that type of situation in that environment under those like duresses, I kind of just learn what it might look like, or also like how to sort of be supportive of someone and other people who like are going through a really tough time and a really rough patch. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I, I think it's so important to, you know, that we show love and, and, and smile to people that we see and, and show understanding. It, it's, uh, we're, we're all one. And, you know, if, if you're hurting, I'm hurting in a way too. So I think we have to get away from that kind of concept. It's, it's just me uh, and, and try to, you know, help as much as we can. I want to ask you about, uh, for people who don't know you, can you also talk about Huntington's disease and, and what that is and, and, and how, how that will play out in your life? Um, so Huntington's disease is a genetic disease. It eats away more of the nervous system. So once you get into maybe your like late 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, you start to kind of lose some of those basic cognitive functions. Um, think of it just like all your muscle memory that you kind of built up is going to slowly start to fade away. And even sort of the signals that allow you to do that are just kind of going to fade away um, to the point where you just kind of age really rapidly, not like on a physical level, not your hair, not like mentally, but just your ability to just do things and do basic functions and be a productive worker, you know, excuse me or just being able to do things like run and jog, like all that is gonna like go away, but in a very like fast, in a very fast process after the age of 40, if um, you do have the disease, no, no matter what. You don't know if you have it or not. Um, no matter what, I always carry the gene. So if I, I don't know if I have it or not, but I always, um, if, I ever, if I don't have it and I have ch children, like they're gonna have it. Because uh, it's one and two as far as um, if the gene actually develops into the disease itself. And so because I'm also adopted, like, I don't know if yeah. my mother before me had it. I do know there was like an aunt or like an aunt of hers who had it. So I don't know if it skipped her or skipped my like biological mother and came to me or she unfortunately has had to deal with that issue. So like there's just a, there's a lot of uncertainty there. And because I'm a person who's in like good health otherwise, that might like that. And I always say like a freak accident and Huntington's disease might be the only two things that stop me from seeing like 90 years old. And so uh, I've always had to look up some of the symptoms and stuff just to make sure. And there is like, you know, signs of early Huntington's disease within people or like certain types of habits that people have. Um, so one of them is kind of like a nervous, like tick of where you kind of like tap your foot uncontrollably. And so um, I would used to have to have used to do that a lot as a kid or I had like certain OCD type of tendencies or I would always like kind of like rub my nose or like tap my foot or like bite my nails a bit or like poke on an ear. So those like those those little things that happen. And so um, by the end of this decade, which I'll be 
35, 36, I actually will know uh, definitively by the end of the decade because it, it shows up more in the 30s. So how do you approach life, you know, when you when there's such a huge unknown, like what's your mindset like and how, how's your day to day because of this? Um, so I would say uh, I very much adopted a personality of we're gonna have as much thrill and enjoyment as possible because one of the reasons why I was sort of going through a lot of turmoil at you know 17, 18 at the turn of uh, going to college was actually, a, there was a lot of regret I was experiencing where it was like, I was regretting doing X, Y, and Z. I regretted that these sorts of things didn't happen to me or that I didn't have certain experiences, friends or certain families. So I thought about it to myself and I said, okay, if this is it, if this is, if you call the quits here, I think some of you have seen the movie Soul recently uh, kind of touches on the subject. Like imagine if uh, this was it, would you be happy with what's happened? Would you be happy with what you've experienced? Are you okay with like leaving everything behind with this? And I was like, no, not at all. And so I I wanted to make sure that no matter when that day comes, whether it is soon, whether it's far in the future, whether it is at the end of this century, you know, when a time comes for me to like lay this body at rest, Am I going to be satisfied and happy with everything that I've done and everything that I've experienced? And I want to make sure I do everything in my everything possible to make sure that answer is yes. Right. And so anything I want to experience, any like dreams I want to go after, I'm going to make sure I do it, you know, and even if it's just to say, hey, we did it. That's fine with me, because when I become older, I can say, well, you know, uh, there's nothing I really had on my list of like, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of cool now, you know, or that's why people have like bucket lists, but you could live your entire life knocking out that bucket list, right? Or, and also at the same time, um, starting and manifesting certain dreams, because I've also realized too, like, um, for a lot of creatives who are listening to that, a lot of times, a lot of artists and musicians, their stuff doesn't get notorious or famous or like, impactful until after they leave you know but they still had the they still were able to like explore their talents here on this earth and still able to like make the groundwork for a vision that they did have so at least I tried to make that happen as well that's that was one of the big things behind the book that I created and behind the music that I've done was just like hey listen you're not trying to get famous you're not trying to like you know become like this uh, pop star you're not trying to become like this um idle figure but you want to make an impact and you want to have like significant work and no matter if the numbers hit big like in the future or like you catch lightning in a bottle it may happen after you leave here you never know so like but just the process and the fact that you did it and the fact that you try to execute your plan that's that's enough okay so like that is enough and it's better to just like try and do it or like do something and don't even think about failures because a lot, I was having to tell my girlfriend this, there's like no such thing as a, a failure in a way, because did you do everything and like nothing happened? No. Like if you created something, if like you made initial steps on something, just because you didn't reach the end game doesn't make you failure. Just because you didn't check off 15 out of 15 boxes 
doesn't make you a failure. You probably checked off five boxes and then another 10 boxes that you didn't even write down just because of the fact that like, oh, you did actually try to manifest this. You did actually try to make things happen. You did have certain dreams and visions and you went ahead and did it, you know? And so it's like, and so it's like looking at that from a bigger angle, looking at what you did do, what you didn't do. So I wanted to make sure that that stuck with me big time and that, yeah, even things as small as like, oh, I'm going to go skydive 25th birthday. Right. Or it's like, oh, I'm going to go try and like travel the world and stuff like that and see live in different parts of the world. So I made sure like 22 years old, like I packed up, went to Honduras for a year, you know, um, and at some point, you know, when travel restrictions are lifted, I do want to like go try and live somewhere else again in another part of the world, whether it's like in Asia or Africa. Um, I like I'm really intrigued by that. And also like I'm trying to do it again, you know, because uh, also most times the one thing that being homeless taught me was like, hey, you you could kind of survive out here, bro. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what kind of like what Fortnite bus you drop off of or like what Call of Duty plane, you can land somewhere and like make you make do with like even very small, like something very small or you can be handled like things that are very big. And so even like doing something like moving to a third world country isn't something that startled me or scared me a bit. And even in like having like this, this Corona situation was tough, but I'm like, at one point I was like, you know, this ain't the first time I've been broke. Like this ain't the first time like we've been pinching pennies. Like, um, and the last time I like didn't have a job was literally when I was like homeless, when I was um, going through that transition. And so this was like, and so a lot of that stuff also prepped me for these things where it was like, oh yeah, there's gonna be some struggles, but there's other stuff you went through that also like prepared you for this and that built you for this like moment. And so it's okay to like, go in and do an opportunity, even if you don't feel like you're the most prepared for it. Like you can learn along the way, you can make the necessary mistakes, but like quickly learn from those and quickly like figure out what to do right, you know? Uh, one final question. I'm all about the people here going after their dreams, achieving their dreams. So what's the one thing they can do right after this show to get a little bit closer to their dream? Um, one thing they can do is just the next thing that was on their list to accomplish, figure out how to accomplish it or like those mistakes or those walls that they think they're hitting. Um, there's a lot of us who might be hitting some brick walls or who aren't getting much traction or who might have like a business that they don't think is getting a lot of sales. Well, it's like, what can we do differently? Um, also, I want people to approach those negative, those negative thoughts or those like sort of negative feedback approach that a little bit differently. Sometimes it's not like that we can't do something, we don't do something or we're not good at something, but it's like, how can we do better at this? Or like, what does this actually mean? Or what are these numbers actually saying about my effort, you know? Or like, what is, what is like these comments actually getting at? You know, maybe I want a deeper interaction with people. So like, how can I actually get that done? You know, and so actually take a deeper look and deeper dive at like feedback that you get um, at the numbers that you see on your, on your own data and stuff like that in your research. Or if you notice that maybe like things, what's in your head isn't as good as or what's on paper or what you're putting out isn't as good as what's in your head. Well, why is there that disconnect there? It's not that, oh, you can't, or, oh, dang, like this is crazy. It's like, no, like 
there's actually some other questions we're not really addressing. There's also some other stuff we're not really like telling ourselves, you know? And so we just need to be able to do that and come, come at it with a different lens. Uh, I highly recommend also if you guys want me <laughs> to be that person to ask you those questions. Cause I, I very much like doing that. Uh, I do that for my girlfriend a lot where she, um, she's a writer and author. And so a lot of times when it comes to just getting a lot of traffic and getting um, engagement with readers, there is like times where it's great and then times where it's not so great and there's a struggle. But instead of like beating ourselves up or instead of being like, crap, this is too hard or like screw this or we need to go back to the drawing board or we need to just like take a break. As we do those things, we actually need to be reframing like, actually, what does this mean? What are, why are all these other people making these decisions, right? Or why would someone say X, Y, and Z? What type of, what type of understanding are they coming at this from? Like, and instead of just taking everything as the negative, how can you actually use this as improvement? You know, and that's the big thing for me is you can always get better. You can always get better at what you're doing. Um, even if you're excelling, even if you find you're having a lot of success, there's even more ways to be successful. Uh, Shout out to Cleveland, Ohio. You guys just saw, you guys see LeBron James, like at 36 years old, he is always finding a way to improve as a player and always finding things small, even small details that he could just get a little bit better in each and every year. Um, and I, I have students who love the anime of uh, Naruto and that char specific character Naruto, for those who haven't watched, he isn't the brightest uh, ninja in school, but he has a lot of natural ability, but also he has this, his insane like drive to just always get better. He's very competitive with the people around him, but also because he has this like really high goal, every single class or episode, he's always training. He's always trying to get better at his craft. He's always figuring out what do I need to do to get better at this? You know, what do I need to do to actually switch these things around? And maybe sometimes that does involve putting yourself in a space that means you're gonna get a lot of negative feedback. You're gonna get a lot of criticism that you would consider negative, however, Sometimes it's not necessarily, oh, you suck at this or, oh, you're not doing this good, but it's like compared to what you could be doing, you could be doing some stuff better. And these are the things that you can be doing better, right? Um, I, for people who are authors out there, writers out there, like if you're not getting the reading or engagement that you want, like actually explore like what, what more can we do to actually like improve this process? Or also with the people that you do find success in, what are you doing well in this area that you could also like keep manifesting or keep on um, building in because there are also some things that we're doing very well it's just like it's early you know we're just now touching the surface of that and so it's like finding out how to do that better you know there's a process that excuse me that might be the one that might be the one that gets us lightning in a bottle is just we haven't really like tapped into it yet or we haven't like figured out oh how do we do this on a grand scale or oh like how does this look in like a matter of more time? So just figuring out what those improvements are and just like really investigating deeply on really getting at the heart of that and getting at the heart of everyone else's point of view when it comes to like our improvement as well too. Cause we got haters, but like, why are people haters? Like really, why, why are they hating on you? Sometimes it might be because like you actually are doing well and they don't want to say it. Other times it might be, oh, Maybe you suck, but you need to do a better job at sucking. Like um, <laughs> there are people who aren't funny in this world, but like they can still find a way to be humorous, you know? So like there's a better, there's like, there's always a better way of doing something or like even, um, yeah, 
just always a better way. There's always a way to improve and just figure out what that is. Instead of taking that negative, what does it look like through the lens of improvement? Yeah. Boom. Thanks, Brian. If people want to connect with you, where's the best way to find you? Uh, so definitely you can find me in the wild, wild west of Twitter at only I can be Stu. Uh, there's no underscores. It's O-N-L-Y-I-C-A-N-B-E-S-T-E-W. Um, only I can be Stu. Also Instagram, same handle. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse as well. So you can look me up on Clubhouse, Brian Stewart at L84WRK. Um, I also have like a small YouTube channel, a music channel as well too. So um, if you look up uh, Late for Work, which is L84WRK, um, you'll find me as well on Instagram, on Clubhouse, on, uh, excuse me, on YouTube. Just like catching a breeze, man. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing so open heartedly today. It means the world to me. And just want to say thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Really appreciate you. No, thank you, Peter, man. Like you're, you're doing an amazing job here. And like, I just, I love sharing and having these deep conversations, man. And um, also just anything we can do to help put, push and move people forward. The right people at that, I'll say that too. We're talking to the right people because there, because there are sometimes or like people listening here, like they should have some of the opportunities and the successes that like there are certain people who didn't really earn it or maybe they shortcutted things, but people here are actually doing the right thing, man. So I appreciate you. Awesome. And thank you everybody that are still here listening, watching. I really appreciate you. I told you this many times before, and if you're new, this will be the first time you hear it, but certainly not the last. I want to help many, many, many fucking people, at least 10 million people to go after their dreams. So please help me on that journey. Share, share this podcast with somebody who need to hear the message. Give us a review. You know, do something great in this world. And the best, the best thing you can do to give me fuel to do more is to actually go out and do the best with your life, to make this world a better, play, better place. If you want to check out more of these conversations, go to ilovesuccess.co. I'm on YouTube. You can just type in my name or the I Love Success podcast. We're on iTunes, pretty much everywhere. You can get more than 200 of these amazing conversations. Reach out to me. Tell me about your dreams. This show has ended and now the beginning of your life um, starts. So get out of here, kids, adults, whoever you are and do something great with your life. Thank you so much and see you next week.